Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. John Wiseway talking to you live from Pearl River, Louisiana, on another beautiful day that the Lord has made. I took a picture so that you can understand uh, or appreciate my view uh, of my radio studio that is on the porch of my house and kind of understand the sounds and everything that you'll hear in the background. Uh, We do live uh, close to a swamp, so uh, we do have a lot of uh, wild animals, let's say, or animals, and some of them are wild, uh, roaming around. So you'll find, uh, you'll hear a lot of uh, birds and things like that, rabbits running around here. We got deer, hummingbirds flying around, so it's uh, uh, appreciating God's creation here, and uh, speaking or talk to you about God and his redemption plan and his wonderful life that he has for anyone who believes. Well, we talked about Psalm 1 uh, the other day, and we didn't get through it. Uh, but if you read Psalm 1, 1 through 3, and we'll get back to it, you can see the prescription by which to live a happy life. Well, I'd like to talk this morning for a few moments about the happy, joyous man. and how to experience happiness and joy. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy and your love to us, the life that you have given us and the word of God who explains how to be happy and joyous in this life right now and to experience an eternity of joy and happiness with you uh, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, I just ask that you lead and guide me as I communicate and explain uh, this to those that will hear it, uh, to their understanding and their benefit, eternal benefit. And you know what I need to say, and I pray, Lord, that you'd be able to use me uh, to do so. Now, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what we find here is the prescription for a happy, joyous man. The happy, joyous man is a person that follows the procedure found in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, and John 3, 16. Therefore, John, uh, he is a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, happiness is the result of, of a life that one experiences external around them they find happiness in uh, the blessings that they will receive by applying the scriptures uh, to their life and you will experience a happy and fruitful life that way joyfulness is an emotional experience that is experienced inside oneself a spiritual experience that happens inside no matter what happens outside no matter how blessed you are physically, externally. This person uh, is a enjoyment of life inside, even though a lot of things ain't going right uh, on the external. At the moment, they're still full of joy because they prescribe or they're uh, a believer in Christ and following uh, Jesus' teaching. We'll see that in a few moments. 
We can find it by meditating and studying the law of God strictly as prescribed in Psalm 1. You will experience a very fruitful life here on earth and be very happy. Now, this is available to anyone, atheist, agnostic, Muslim, Jew, Confucius, Buddhist, um, Jehovah's Witness. You know, Adam Smith wrote, um, I just had it. Uh, uh, some, I can't remember the name of it. I was watching a documentary on him yesterday. But anyhow, he was a, actually what, he was a capitalist. And he really prescribed or explained capitalism. And it basically was uh, laws that are fair, a moral life, and freedom to to exercise your talents and gifts. Well, that was what uh, he, that was his prescription. That was his, let's say, the synopsis of what he uh, wrote in his book. Um, and that policies or that book is being practiced, capitalism, is being practiced pretty much all over the world in some form. And actually, the United States was the one that uh, incorporated it into the Constitution. Uh, Thomas Jefferson was a big follower, and James Madison was a big follower or believer in Adam Smith. So, and that produced the most wealthiest uh, country, and that has been exported to other countries and their experience in the wealth by following the prescriptions that are found in Adam Smith's uh, book. So that'll bring happiness. And no matter what your, I was, uh, they, they had these chi- uh, group of uh, economists going to a college or university up in Chicago, and they were studying Adam Smith's uh, and capitalism. And they uh, were saying that, well, if you follow Confucius, Confucius or uh, whenever they follow over there, the, you could apply the dictates of Adam Smith. And it's true to find happiness. To find, uh, and, and so, but it doesn't mean you're born again. It does not mean that you're going to uh, uh, experience eternal life here on earth and then with Jesus, you're going to heaven. You're, uh, it doesn't mean that you're going to heaven because. Um, you follow the dictates of what the scriptures say that have a happy life. But it does say to have a joyous life, you have to uh, be born again. Happy To have a happy and joyous life, uh, you must be born again. In John 3, chapter 3, Jesus was talking to a religious man, a Jew, and uh, uh, he told us Nicodemus who came to him and wanted to know, you know, what was his secret or whatever. And Jesus answered him and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus answered him in a practical way. Uh, And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, birth, and of the spirit, spiritual, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit 
is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And so we find here the prescription to um, a personal life with Christ, a, a, a forgiveness of sin, a, um, uh, let's say, uh, an eternal life here on earth, and then one that was going will uh, lead this life and go on to be with Christ in heaven. And this is what one must do. They must be born again. They must be born physically of the water. And they must be born spiritually of the Holy Spirit. And how does one do that? Well, one uh, believes that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that he was the promised one, the, the savior of the world, the one that was to redeem those that, um, that would believe in him. And uh, they would be forgiven for all of their sin, past, present, and future. And, and they believed in his resurrection. By believing in that from your heart and being willing to confess it, you know, publicly, doesn't mean you got to, you know, get on a street corner, go rent a stadium to do it. No, it just means whenever the occasion comes, you say, yeah, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm going to heaven because of him. I'm forgiven for my sins. Whatever the occasion might uh, uh, dictate or open up to. So that's when you're born again. And the Holy Spirit comes in and lives inside of you. And that's when you start to have the capability to have a joyful life. Well, let's look a little bit further into this happy, joyful life. As explained in John chapter 15. And, if, of course, if you have your Bibles, you can uh, follow along with me as I go through John 15, making a couple of comments on a few verses, and then we'll just say goodbye, and hopefully it'll help you. John 15, it says in verse 1, Jesus is speaking, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purged it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, Jesus is the vine. The father is the husbandman. Husbandman was a farmer. He was the one that took care of the vine. Uh, verse 3, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. So here we have the born-again experience. Once you're born again, you, you enter into the vine, and you become a branch on the vine, and you abide in uh, Jesus Christ and he in you. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he cast. He is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So we find in verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, that, isn't that nice that whatever you ask of God, of Jesus, it'll be done for you? It'll be done to you, in you, to you, and his words. Well, what are his words? 
we'll find out in a couple uh, couple of verses. Verse 80 says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So the more words that you have in you and, are, and you're living by, the more fruit you'll bear. And so shall ye be my disciples. So you're not just a, a hired servant or a chosen servant. Uh, you are dis- you're disciplining yourself into the word of God. Uh, and you're, that's what disciple means. It's a discipline. You're surrendering yourself to this life. And you're disciplining yourself to live this life. Verse 9, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. You know, that Jesus uh, summed up the, the whole test, New Testament, or the whole Bible, by saying, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, it's to love the Lord thy God. The first of the great commandments, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, and mind. And likewise, is to love thy neighbors thyself. He says, all the prophets, uh, all along the prophets, uh, hang on these two commandments. So that's what the Bible is all about. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Continue in my love. He showed his love to us. We didn't first love God. God first loved us. And he showed that love by John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. By believing in the love of God shown through the sacrifice of his only begotten son, uh, you will have eternal life. That's his love. And once you believe that, the Holy Spirit, same spirit that was in Jesus here on earth, comes into you and begins to love you. So, Christian, let him love you. You that are not a believer, let believe and let him love you. Experience his love in a very spiritual, personal, intimate, emotional way. Then it says in, uh, let's see, where, in verse 10, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So what did we just say? We said that the, the, all the commandments are summed up in loving God first and loving your neighbors yourself. So it's love. Love is action. Okay. These things, verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So this is the way or how to experience a, a life full of joy. No matter what's going on uh, around uh, you, whether you're happy or not, you can experience a life full of joy because of your relationship with Christ and your obedience, if I can say, or your discipline of love of loving God first and loving your neighbors yourself. By doing that, you will be full of joy. And that's something that the happy man cannot experience. A person that doesn't believe in Christ cannot experience. He cannot experience that. But a believer can experience that if he is abiding in the love of Christ and exercising the love of Christ through him by loving God the Father first and everyone else uh, second. Let's see what else he says here. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another. 
as that ye love one another as I have loved you. So if you want a good example of how to, uh, how this works out, fleshes out in your life, look at the life of Christ. Look at the acts of the apostles. Read some uh, autobiographies, biographies of um, Christians of old or now. Uh, verse, 14, uh, verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. And, you know, what's he saying? What's his command? To love God, to love your neighbor. That's it. That's it. That's the sum of it. Now, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that gives us the capacity to love him, God, and to love our neighbor. We have the power. We're empowered with the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that created everything that you, that is in creation. That same Holy Spirit abides and lives inside of you because you are a believer. You're born again. Look at verse uh, 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that, for all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. So we find there kind of the, uh, the understanding that we're not just a servant of Christ. We're not just a disciple of Christ, but we're a friend of Christ. We're in the family of God. Um, and we know because of our personal intimate relationship with Christ, we know uh, what it takes and what we have to do on an everyday, moment-by-moment uh, uh, life or experience, what we have to do. And that's to love God with a heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbors ourselves. And as we're submitted and yielded and dis- disciplining ourselves to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, to comfort us, and to guide us, we will experience that joyful life nonstop, no matter what's on the outside, no matter what he is empowering us and teaching us uh, to do in each way, each moment. Verse 16, a little bit further of this intimacy and this special uh, relationship we have with God. You have not chosen me. But I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth much fruit. I'm sorry. You should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So if we're bringing forth fruit, then we're disciplining ourselves. We're abiding in the uh, love of God. We're course, keeping the commandment of loving you, God and your neighbor, and therefore you're going to produce fruit. And you might, like he says, you might have to be pruned a little bit to, to so that uh, more, there's a larger production of fruit, but you're producing much fruit, and that's our, our fruit, and then that's what the Father likes. Then if you ask anything in his name, it'll be given to you. And then we find in verse 17, these things I command you that you love one another. That's, that's the key. So you can be a happy man. You can be 
healthy, wealthy, and wise, as it says in Proverbs chapter 3. But you can't be full of joy in this life until you are born again. And by prescribing to John 15, after you're born again, of yielding to the love of God by the Holy, which the Holy Spirit has given you, and he's loving you, and you're experiencing that love, and therefore you uh, want to share that love, and you're, it's a natural thing to do, and with a, a little discipline, you can discipline yourself to be very sensitive and yielded to the Holy Spirit, and you're communicating with Jesus, and so that you and him are on the same, let's say, same page, you're, uh, uh, let's say, living uh, his commandment, which is to love him and love your neighbor. It's that concise. I'm not saying it's that simple, because there's a lot of times our emotions and uh, our old flesh, you know, the old flesh, the world, Satan takes, he's got like a carnal maggot, magnet. And uh, he uses that carnal magnet to draw us. Uh, and we have magnets, carnal magnets in our flesh. And he takes those and just uh, tempts us with all kinds of things in the earth, in the world, through TV, through uh, walking down, going shopping or whatever, driving down the road. And so it'll take us away from that fellowship with the Holy Spirit and that, that uh, fellowship with Jesus and listening and uh, listening attentively to how he wants us to love in every particular situation. Well, like driving down the road and, and uh, somebody pulls over in front of, the, in front of you. Um, you might uh, have a little carnal magnet there to get angry and, uh, and not uh, listen to what the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do, and you go along with the flesh, just for an example. There's many more we could give. So the happy man, the prescription for happiness is sound, excuse me, found in Psalm uh, 1, uh, 1 through 3. And uh, let's go there. Just read that real quick. Psalm 1. One through three. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That's what he doesn't do. So he doesn't go along with the disciplines of this world. He goes along with the disciplines of the word of God. Uh, he doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't live a sinful life, nor does he mock God or mock the word of God in those that are practicing it. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he doth meditate day and night. So he uh, he reads the scriptures, and then he might later on during the day read them again, or he might live uh, uh, look at uh, biblical movies or scriptures or whatever, uh, go to class or whatever on the scriptures. And so then he will be fruitful, as it says there, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So that's a prosperous person. But once you get into the word, you might find out that uh, you, you need to be saved. You need to be born again. And that's when you uh, cannot uh, not only be a happy person, but you can be a joyous person also. 
a joyful person. Enjoy life no matter what's going on. No matter what disappointment or whatever blessing is, you're enjoying it. You're enjoying your life. Not because of that blessing or uh, discouragement, but because of your relationship with the one that loves you unconditionally. And he gives you the ability to love unconditionally by being born again. So practice John chapter 15. Practice Psalm 1. Practice John chapter 15. If you've never been born again, bow your head right now and say, Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner and that only your sacrifice, your life, what you did for me on the cross will take away all my sin and I will be enter into a relationship with you and I believe in your resurrection in the power of the resurrection through the Holy Spirit. And I believe that. And whenever the opportunity comes, I'll, I'll share that. Then you're born again. Then the Holy Spirit comes into you and you become a different person. Not externally, but internally, spiritually. You'll change. One of the make, biggest things that, uh, that I've noticed in those that do change or have been born again is that they have a desire to read the Word of God. The Word of God opens up, and the author of the Word of God enters into their heart, into their mind, and they start wanting to read it, and they start understanding what they read. So God bless you. I've enjoyed talking to you, and let me pray with you. Father, I just pray for that person that has never trusted in Christ, that's never been born again, that he will, she will do that right now. And I pray also, Father, uh, for the born-again believer that's struggling in life, that he will look at and read and study and meditate on John chapter 15 to really understand what he has received through the new birth and how that he will enjoy life. He or she will enjoy life abundantly by by uh, abiding in Christ all the time and being a disciple or a discipline of his love that he has experienced and being a discipline of loving him first and foremost and loving thy neighbor as thyself. Now I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now if we can be a help to you, please contact us 985-789-5988 or WSM217 at gmail.com. God bless and have a wonderful Sunday in his creation.